That is, you are the cream of the crop. Ooh, yeah! Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious ball of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes. I am your co-host, Rob, and joining with me today is Mr. T and Worksteady. Worksteady, or O'Rourke Usaki, there you go. Oh, that's hard to say. Decided that a, a was too hard to say. Yeah, it, it, it is so. hard to say. I always get tongue-tied on that one, but uh, I know, man. Well, you don't speak his name. I'm sorry. That's you true. Just, you do not. That's true. But but you 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 uh you kind of embody his personality. <laughs> I got yeah. I'm kind of like the '80s shredder. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I true. I want to conquer Earth. I'm kind of like Krang. You know, we bicker. You know, but we still we still hang around with each other in Dimension X. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, guys, how have you been doing uh, lately? Oh, not not too bad, man. It's just, like I said, work's been kind of slow. I've pretty much been off work all week. I'm only down to wow. working weekends right now because it's starting to get kind of slow. But, uh, yeah, just uh, re- really excited about, you know, next Saturday. Really excited about going to another uh, Comic-Con down in Pensacola. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be sure to post some uh, turtle pickups with the group and, Tell all y'all about how that goes. Yeah, sounds good. All right. What well, about you, Josh? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, keeping the house in order, so making sure that kids don't die. <laughs> That's a full-time job. <laughs> it. It's oh man, it sucks. Like my son Isaac, he's two, and he was running through the house yesterday, and he does this thing where he likes to run and slide. He wears socks, and we have a wood floor, <laughs> so it just. Oh, I did the same thing. <laughs> and he just likes doing you know risky business. That's all. So he likes doing that. And he slid, and just his legs came out from under him, and he landed on the back of his head. Ooh. And he just kind of lays there for a second. And Nicole's at work. I'm home by myself with the kids. I'm like, a kid just died. (laughs) (laughs) A kid just died. And nobody believes that the husband didn't do it. Everyone wants one husband. This that little kid did that on his own. I didn't touch him. I was across the room. And then he doesn't even move, doesn't make a sound. And then out of nowhere, my kid goes, and this is my fault. My kid goes, Cowabunga! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the first word he learned. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that's, that's at least your mom's not here to say, oh, whose fault is that? Or where'd you get that from? So, oh, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and uh but so. oh, was he okay oh he's fine yeah i know he got back up. i was like can, what do you want can it what what will make you feel better he says ice cream i was like okay don't tell your ice cream there you go there uh, it is and then uh. the other kids saw because all the other kids are home on summer vacation grayson's three years old she said 
I just got ice cream. Can we have ice cream? I was like, all right. So everyone's having ice cream for breakfast. So that happened. Ah, Mr. Mom so, here. <laughs> You're gonna feed him chili for lunch. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's awesome, man. Well, uh, well, not awesome that your son fell, but uh, you know, awesome that you're enjoying some time home. You know, I know you said you did uh, six loads of laundry yesterday. Oh God, man, so much laundry. I didn't even fold. I mean, I started <laughs> folding all of it too, and I got through about four loads of laundry, and I folded all of it. And I was like, I'm not doing any more of this. <laughs> my kids are folding it. None of my clothes are dirty. All my stuff. Kids are just like, oh, you know, the goblins will pick it up. <laughs> Oh, I love irresponsible. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, but for me, just uh, getting back in the swing of things, I'm kind of jealous. You know, your your whole family's still on summer break. I, I, uh, we went back to work this week. Well, no, I, I take that back. It was the kids came back to school on f- last Friday, not just this past one, but the Friday before. Uh, I'm just, I got to get back into teaching shape. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, uh, ten minutes later, guys, we are covering. Uh, actually, we're continuing. This is the first time I think we've ever done this. Continuing a classic era episode. See, originally we were going to discuss the Leonardo Micro series and issue ten of the original Mirage volume. And well, we we got so hung up on um, some really good uh, uh, toy reviews, and and we got hung up on the Leonardo Micro series so much that. Before we knew it, about two hours had passed. So we just decided. Yeah, it was a long episode. <laughs> it was. It certainly was. But it was. It was a really fun Sorry. one. No, no, one you guys. <laughs> it was a really fun one though because we had good content. You know, it was, it was great stuff to review. And uh, so today we're covering issue ten, and we are going to watch Case of the Killer Pizzas. And then I think even Mister T's got a little toy review we're going to talk about. And and Josh, you've got a recommendation. So I think we should just hit yeah. the ground running. All right, guys. So uh, you know, I got to go through my spiel here. So if you want to send us an email, um, our tr- our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail dot com. We're on Twitter at turtleflakes, all one word. We have a group page on Facebook. Which thank you so much for all the people that have been joining lately. I was off Facebook for a while and came back, and we had like fifty new members. I was like, wow, see, we um, we actually hit a hit on eighty members now. Wow, and probably like three hundred of them are probably fake accounts or something. <laughs> Uh, just kidding, but you know Pop it's great. Accounts, yeah, yeah. You know it's great to have the you know new members, and and we've had a great interaction. And Thaddeus, as always, thank you so much for what you do on that page. You are definitely the main man over all that stuff. We do have a TurtleCom hotline, and it's just an answering machine. Our number is eight five three zero nine forty eight seventy five. Leave us any voicemail, any message you want. If you have a general question for us, or you got something you want to brag about, you know you got a new turtle toy or something like that you want to talk about yeah just tell us all about it we love sharing these voicemails on the show and as a matter of fact we've got two today and i'm excited to play those here in a minute um tmnt entity that is a blog written by our friend mark who's a friend of the show um he posts a lot of his reviews on our facebook page and that's just basically a blog dedicated to pretty much every single uh ninja turtles comic issue out there i mean this guy he must write every single day a review so i mean there's there's tons probably hundreds at this point of backlogged uh reviews that you can check out on a site that's tmnt entity also really want to thank my friend anthony hernandez he's a very good friend of the show he's done some artwork for us in the past and he has a youtube show called um i forget the actual show but the 
The turtle special he does is called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesdays. So if you just search that up in YouTube, you'll find all of his Ninja Turtle toy reviews. Plus, you can check out his regular channel where he does a lot of different types of toy reviews. You know, Marvel toys, you know, all kinds of different stuff. He's been kind enough to be... He's been plugging our show at the very beginning of his videos, the last two episodes. And man, I really appreciate that. I did not expect that. Um, It even shows our logo at the very beginning and he does like a little intro for us and i think that was really really nice of him and as a matter of fact he's one of our callers today so uh guys go check out that that show it's a really really cool professionally done you know articulate show that he does for the ninja turtle classic and modern toys as a matter of fact his most recent video he, he discusses some of the ninja turtle wrestling figures and i cannot wait i gotta get my hands on the macho man randy savage michelangelo toy I gotta get that one, man. That's that's a must. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh is it, yeah. Uh, is his uh, YouTube channel called Bat Bomb eighty two? Yes, that's it. Bat Bomb eighty two. So that's Bat B A T B O M B space eighty two. If you search that up, that'll cover all of his. Tw- yeah, he's got he's got a playlist of just Ninja Turtle reviews for the uh, Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So really great stuff, Anthony. Thank you so much for for being so kind and and sharing our show. And we'll do the same thing. I'll I'll uh, I'll promote your show everywhere and anywhere I can. Yeah. Just a couple more here, guys. We're proud to be part of the Retro Junkies Network, uh, which is a network of family friendly uh, retro podcasts. At uh, you can check them all out at theretrojunkies.com. And speaking of retro stuff, with the Retro Gaming Times Magazine, which is nearing its twentieth anniversary this September. So uh, if you want to write for this next issue, which is a milestone for the online magazine, check out the website. It's classicplastic.net slash TRT. And I think he's taking submissions up till August 22nd. So, And then the last thing, I want to give a big, big shout-out to my buddy Zach, who has brought back Booyaka Show, one of my favorite uh, Ninja Turtle podcasts out there, specifically reviews the Nickelodeon series. And I've actually listened to a couple of them. I know he did one on the Yojimbo episodes uh, recently, and the, and they're very good. Uh, it's it's I've not watched a lot of the Nickelodeon series in a while, so I kind of keep up with the series with his show. And uh, it, it's great. It's family friendly, guys. Go check it out. Just it's on iTunes. I don't know the uh, website off the top of my head. Just just search up Booyaka Show on iTunes or Google search it. And we're really really glad to have you back, man. Uh, Rob, real quick before you get into um, the voicemails, I was going to let you know for some reason on on my phone on the Skype app, I actually can't listen to it. So, uh, if, oh, okay. If, if you would just whenever you play, just kind of give me like like a recap of what you said. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. Do you all prefer the emails first or the calls first? What do you want to do? Uh, since we did emails last time, let's go ahead and do the calls. The turtle com. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. All right, guys. So we have a voicemail here from um, our good buddy, Anthony Hernandez. So we'll go ahead and click play. Hey, what is up, guys? This is Anthony, a.k.a. Batbomb82. And first time caller, long time listener now. Uh, but I, my question is, I know we've gotten a lot of TMNT crosser action figures, uh, such as like the vintage line Star Trek figures and the Universal Monsters. Uh, now with the modern line, we've gotten things like the WWE crossover figures and now the upcoming Ghostbuster figures. So in my question to you guys right now, what are your favorites crossover figures you know, from Turtles to something else? And what would you guys actually like to see 
Uh, you know, for me, I'm a big superhero guy. I know we just had that Batman and uh, TMNT crossover comic books not that long. Uh, so me, I personally like to see the Turtles as some superheroes. You know, maybe Leonardo as Batman, I think it would be really cool. Or Raphael as, like, Wolverine, I think would be pretty awesome. So that's what I think. Uh, what do you guys think? And let me know what you guys are into. And like I said, who are your favorites and who would you like to see as crossovers? Uh, keep taking you guys and uh, Cowabunga. All right, Calabunga to you, Anthony. Thank you so much for the call. All right, guys, uh, so for those of you who couldn't hear it, um, Anthony was asking, uh, it was a two-parter, he was asking us who our favorite, or what was our favorite crossover figure or um, series of figures, you know, like the Universal Crossover, the Star Trek, or any of the new stuff. Uh, and he also asked us what we would like to see if, if we could uh, make our own kind of crossover figure. So, Mr. T, man, we'll start with you. Uh. I never actually owned these, but one of my favorite crossover figures were the uh, the Star Trek, and oh, nice. um, you know since since we've you know since they actually did a Star Trek toy line, you know why don't why don't we see why don't we see that happen? Why don't we see a, a Star Trek TMNT crossover comic? Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, you could do something with Dimension X, I'd say. You could have like Dimension X. I mean, you could even set it in. You know, even like the original or like the next generation, where maybe something happens, like uh, 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 the Enterprise ac- accidentally beams up the uh, the Utrams or whatever, and they're trying to figure out like like, like who they are, and maybe uh, maybe try to get them like back home or something. Ah, very cool, very cool. Now, like, what kind of crossover would you want to see, though? I I really want to see a Thundercats TMNT crossover. Oh, that'd be cool. I, I think I think that's one that like. That like we've kind of waited for years because I know like recently they did the uh, the Thundercats He Man crossover which I I didn't think they were ever gonna do and it just it, it you know if you really think about it just Thundercats just just fits well first of all you have um Lionel which is a lot um you know he's the leader you have Panthero who's ca- kind of strong like Fael but he he does have uh, nunchucks like Michelangelo and then you have Chitara, which who has the bow staff, which is a lot like Donna, fast and thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Mumra, and dude, a fight scene between Mumra and Shredder would just be amazing. <laughs> like, like I, I would definitely like to see. So yeah, Thundercats uh, TMNT for me. You know, probably my favorite uh, crossover uh, figures. Surprise, surprise! It's the uh, old school Universal Monster. Ah, mine uh, too. Mine too. I was going to say that. Tra- they're making a comeback. It's not necessarily universal, but it's going to be those style of monsters. Uh, around October, they're having Playmates is releasing new figures. But the old figures that they released were Leonardo was a werewolf, uh, Raphael was a mummy, uh, Frankenstein was uh, Dracula, and Michelangelo was Frankenstein. They also had an April O'Neil figure, and she was the bride of Frankenstein. And they had a couple other ones, but I never really had those when I was a kid. I had the, the first set of figures that they came out with, the... Uh, that Leonardo's a Wolfman and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really loved those. So creative, and just the first inclination that you can just kind of do anything with the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I, I really like those ones. So I mean, they're they're right over there on my shelf over there in a display case. Um, really like those. So nice. a crossover that I would like to see. Um, man, I don't know. That's honestly. a tough one. Yeah. It's tough, you know. I kind of, I mean, I know you can kind of just have them 
go anywhere. They can they can be anywhere and anything, you know, kind of a thing. I, a part of me really wants to see this one's, you know, for the gamers out there, especially, you know, for the from the Retro Junkies network here. I would love to see a Ninja Turtles Double Dragon. Oh, crossover. that'd be cool. You know, cool. or or maybe I, I mean I know the, the obvious choice is Ninja Turtles Battletoads. Really, I really like Double Dragon a lot better uh, because it's like street level crime where it's just like gang gang warfare. That'd be cool. I would like to see uh, the Ninja Turtles just like not have to deal with the cosmic threat. It's just like just tell. Ra- I would love to see a, a fight between Raphael and a Bobo. Just like <laughs> who's gonna be stronger? Who's gonna take them down? You know, I would love to see. I'd love to see just the Ninja Turtles just have to use their skill against people ah, and not yeah. have battle like an intergalactic threat or a spiritual threat. It's just like, no, these are people with knives and guns and chains and we just have to take them out. I would love to see that. And then I would love to see like Billy and Jimmy uh, Lee just like be taught a lesson by Splinter. You know, just like here's something, yeah. you know, you you know a lot about the martial arts, but did you know this? I would, I would love to see that. Man, so, good stuff. And, and you know, see the Shadow Boss uh, maybe teaming up with I don't I don't see the Shadow Boss teaming up with a uh, Shredder. I would see the Shadow Boss uh, teaming up with a uh, Hun and the Purple Dragons. You know, just yeah. another game for them. Yeah. I, I don't think a Clan would even think the Shadow Gang is even a threat. You know, they wouldn't even register to them. But and just to see, I know Shredder is like the the Turtles villain, but let's see somebody else get in there, you know. And I mean, we all know who Hunt is. Yeah, he's one of those Clash Turtles villains. Yeah. Man, good stuff. I would love to see a Double Dragon crossover. Oh, man, good stuff. You kind of gave me an idea when you when you mentioned that. Um, nope, it's my idea. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for me, I'd go with definitely the Universal monsters. I love, I love monster movies anyway, and I love the turtles. Oh, yeah. So that's like that's a match made in heaven for me. Um, a really match really. Made in hell. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, you know, I really like that one. As for stuff I'd like to see, I was my first thought was the X Men because you know you could do so much with that mutants. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm so I'm so glad that you mentioned the X Men. That is something that I would lo- man. I love it. I love the X Men. Yeah, man. and like Michelangelo I could see Nightcrawler team up, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michelangelo could be Nightcrawler, you know, with a tail and everything, and the the glowing uh, red eyes. Raph could be, of course, Wolverine doing the Berserker barrage. Um, yeah. Leo could be Cyclops, of course, and Let's see, Donatello, Donatello's beast. beast, yes, smart one, yep. absolutely. Yep. And then you got Shredder teaming up. Uh, Shredder could be Magneto. Uh, Splinter could be Professor X. You know, <laughs> it, there, there's... Rocksteady is Juggernaut. Yeah, you know, I can see and... that. And uh, yeah, B could be Blob. And Krang is. Uh, oh, who is Krang? I just had him in my head. Too. Krang is like Apocalypse. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Or I can see Shredder as um, Sinister too. Oh, yeah. Mr. Sinister would be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the good stuff. Uh, here we go. A new podcast coming. Uh-huh. Here we go. Yeah, love me some, yeah. love me some X-Men. But, you know, the, Old, the not classic 80s X-Men. That's what, that's what it needs to be. It's yes. got to be like the 80s X-Men. Yes. Where storytelling was still quality and it wasn't all X-Men. guns. And, yeah, Chris Claremont. Yeah, you know, just don't do like the huge guns and pouches versions of the 90s that everybody kind of kind of likes but really hates. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, an- another another crossover that I would definitely like to see sometime is uh, GI Joe, uh, GI Joe Ninja-, Ninja Turtle crossover. Have oh, like yeah. uh, have like Cobra versus the uh, the Foot Clan. Oh, that would, 
Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, that'd be good. And another one I just thought off the top of my head was um, when you mentioned um, Double Dragon is what about Mega Man? Just have each of the turtles be a certain certain oh, robot. A robot master? Yeah, <laughs> a robot master. And then, you, of course, you got, yeah. the, of course, the uh, Dr. Light could be Splinter and Dr. Wily could be Shredder or, Doct- you know, or it could be Stockman, you know? One crazy one that'll never happen that I would really love to see is like Raphael gets separated from the turtles and he has to find his brothers and like just like through circumstance he's oh he's kind of he got the crap kicked out of him and he's dying and what this what helps him in moment of need is the terror and splatter house oh you know? that'd be funny <laughs> oh i love splatter house and i love Raphael. he's the one that's got to get it you know and yeah he's raff and rip team up yeah <laughs> would love to see that man like you know just oh man it'd be great that'll that will <laughs> never happen but yeah could you imagine like a really really gory version of the turtles i mean way way gorier than that'd be crazy i i can't imagine it and i could the only thing i could imagine is when i that's not the turtles sorry (laughs) i'm not that guy because i think the turtles can do anything but i know i would my initial reaction would be nope nope sorry nope (laughs) there's a reason why i mean and just like because Somebody's gonna go way too far with it, and it's gonna it's it's gonna have like an image universe effect. It's gonna be like that's not the turtles though, you know. And it is, <laughs> but it isn't. It's not the turtles just because it looks like the turtles, you know. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I I read yeah. you there. Man, that was a good yeah, question. Anthony. Close on April, will you? Come on. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it. Well, uh, hey, Anthony, thank you for the question, man, and thank you for all you do for us, man. Uh, uh, plugging our show. That was really nice of you. Really appreciate it, man. Yep. Yeah. And we have one more uh, voicemail from our good buddy, Rob Vich. Um This one's a longer one, so I'll try to recap for you. I'll listen to it real quick, see what he had to say. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Rob Veach calling in, just with a couple of little musings. Um, so first, I, I read a TMNT Universe number 11 uh, with Dreadmon the other night, and when he first showed up, I looked and I thought... Uh, Oh, that's uh, that's Walkabout from the old uh, toy line. Who's uh, you know Walk Walkabout? He's he's the uh, mutant kangaroo. He uh, wears like safari <laughs> gear. And uh, in case you're wondering, if it, if you're saying G'day, mate on the packaging artwork, he is. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. So Dreadmon showed up in in the comic, and he's wearing like the green vest, red handkerchief, green shorts, like in Walkabout. But then I read a little bit, and oh, it's Dreadmon. So. I was just wondering if, if any of you were familiar with that character or noticed that or anything. Uh, and then move on. Just uh, a couple of uh, story suggestions from the comics that I don't think you guys have covered yet, but a couple of my favorites. Uh, first would be the Return to New York, which I think was like 19, issues 19, 20, 21 of the original series. And that's for a comic story arc of, of anything, turtles or otherwise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys are just wanting to go sequential until you get to that point, but if you want to jump around, that that would be my recommendation. That one's great. And then another one um, would be Michael Zooli's Soul's Winter arc. Another three issues, but they were, like, non-consecutive. Uh, I think they're, like, 31, 34, 36 or something like that. But that's just, that's just like, a really, really interesting, bizarre Elseworld kind of take. Uh, on the turtles with like amazing artwork and and kind of interesting like shaman battle going on between Splinter and the Shredder. Um, yeah, those are those are two 
two really great story arcs from the original Mirage. We get like the black and white versions. Um, because they've both been, you know, reprinted in color by IDW. I've looked at them and I think the, the color A kind of looks cheap, but mostly, um, like it gets rid of the, the, the tones that were done on the array and is, is the format that these were both created for. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thanks for doing the show, guys. Calabunga. All right, Calabunga, Rob. It's funny that you mentioned that, Rob, about he was talking about in the universe issue with Dreadmon. He, oh. was, he was asking if we, th- if we thought that our first impressions was that it wasn't actually Dreadmon, but Walkabout. Do you remember the figure Walkabout? <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. thought that. I actually did because I saw the, the pants kind of made me think of it. And at first I wasn't sure if he was a jackal or a kangaroo. But, yeah, I, you know what? I did think about that. And, you know, they look similar, at least the, in their clothing. The only thing about that, though, is, like, Dreadmon is specifically from Africa. And Walkabout's a Australian. Yeah. I mean, not only a kangaroo, but the term Walkabout is an Australian term. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, you kind of can't get around that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things. that's like Superman has to come from Kansas. You know, it's just that's, right. <laughs> that's it. He was also talking about, and he does a really strong Australian accent in the voicemail. I, I was impressed. He, how actually on the packaging for Walkabout, it does say "Good day, mate." I'm like, wow, yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, he also uh, wanted to know. You know, he had some story suggestions for us to cover, and he was wondering when, you know, or, or how we're going to go about covering these. He mentioned the Return to New York storyline, which he said was um, issues 19 through 21, some, something close to that. And then he also mentioned Michael Zuli's Soul's Winter story arcs, or story arcs, I should say. You know, that, I was debating well, that, getting that. Both of those. Yeah, that's a good story arc. Um, I think I'm only missing one issue, but yeah, dude, Souls Winter. Yeah, I'd like got you cover for that. Yeah, yeah, that was done. Uh, it was done by Michael. Z- I'm sorry, the story was Michael Zuli, and then Stephen Murphy uh, did the script. Yeah, I guess Michael Zuli also drew it. So you know, definitely his project. And wow, what a different artwork! Really yeah. gorgeous issues. Really neat take. And I'll be honest with you guys, I have never read those. The at least the Souls Winter issues. Oh. Wow. Dude, if, if you if you go to Amazon, they actually have a um I forgot when it released. I want to say like 2004. You can get the trade paperback version that has like all the issues for like 20 bucks. Yeah, uh, and he's just wondering like when, when we're gonna cover that stuff. And that's a good question, man, because that that's one thing I really struggle with. I like to go in sequential order, like building our way back up, or you know, in order, so that way we're not jumping much. Uh, but at the same time, I've definitely heard so many good things about some of these comics, and I really want to get to them. So. Josh and I were actually discussing this before we recorded today. Maybe we'll discuss some of the stuff on our next episode. And we've not mentioned this yet, but the next episode, episode 86, when we record that, we'll have hit our four-year anniversary of the show, which is really cool. So we were thinking about doing a completely nostalgic-based show where basically we're not doing any reviews per se. We're just talking about some of our favorite stuff. Um, you know, whether it's the comics, the toys, we might do a green screen together, but it's just going to be a nostalgic show. And maybe we can talk about some of these, these story arcs, uh, and why maybe we like them so much. So, yeah, you know, yeah, we're you trying, know, we're trying to do both. Topically Souls Winter. I've, I've been debating whether or not to get that book because I really do. I kind of want it, but I just, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get it yet, but like, here's the thing, at least from my perspective, about going in sequential order, especially with the old books, 
is some of these old comics, especially specifically the uh, Mirage uh, Volume 1 stuff, a lot of it's been out of print for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if you can even find it, a lot of it's expensive. And... Oh, dude, I can help you out there. Like, I... No, don't buy me anything. Don't, don't, no, don't. No, no. <laughs> Any, anybody in the group that needs help finding something, uh-huh. uh, I'm welcome to send you a link to where you... Uh, I, I mostly use... I, I, and I know that you, Josh, you don't personally like eBay, but dude, that's where I found some, some like the most rarest like Mirage comics are like dirt cheap. Okay. I'm talking and everything. So, dude, I, I got you covered on that. Like, don't. Um, that's just a really good storyline. You know, I mean, I, I, I really love how they, they kind of everything and then don't explain all at the same time. And just, there's a Triceraton because why not? And <laughs> Ned, and it, it actually is a good bookend for the uh, issue we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. Um, because it deals with that fallout direct to get there too because like issue they're in northampton and they stay there for continuity of the book they stay there for a year yeah uh, they don't go they don't go back to new york for a year they got beat that badly yeah yeah uh, spoilers but uh <laughs> i i would love to do souls winter just because it is just one of those crazy if if we souls winter action figures i would love to have those yes yes those turtles look super Swordsman. Someone like made a, uh, a Souls Winter custom figure of Leonardo on I think figurerealm.com. It's not for sale, but I'll, I'll definitely post a like spot on like yeah. 100% until Souls Winter Leonardo. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I've read like I've read a little bit of it. I don't think the turtles actually have any dialogue in that whole storyline. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's all Splinter and Shredder. Or, yeah. or this version of Splinter and Shredder. It's so weird that it's in the Mirage, uh, necessarily the continuity, but it's in their sequential order of their books. It was like issue one and thirty four and thirty five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's something. It's something yeah. like that. It's it's within the actual numbering. Yeah, it's at thirty one. I think it starts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like when they did Batman Year One. It was like kind of like an Elseworld story, but it was in Batman issue 416, 415, whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but well, you... uh, that, that's one that I would like to get into. Oh, so I guess to answer your question, Rob, uh, we're working on it, man. I, I think I think we'll probably we'll still go we'll mainly, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we'll mainly do like sequentially, but every now and then we might just randomly talk about one of these, you know, just just in bits and pieces until we, we work our way up to it. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I'm going to let you guys – and when I say you guys, I mean the listeners on in on a secret. Uh, and I might have said this maybe early on in the show, maybe when I, f- when I first started the show. I've always admitted that I am – I'm sure by now you've been listening this far. If you're still listening, you know that for sure. Uh, I'm not an expert at the Turtles. I don't know a lot of these story arcs, and I do that I, – I, I intentionally don't want to know. Until we get there, so that way when we when we actually do cover these comics, it's my fresh take on it. I've yeah. never read it before, and it's first impressions. You know, it's exciting that way for me. Yeah. And I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I did not read issue ten for the, uh, or at least didn't remember. I had the issue, mm-hmm. but I didn't for some reason remember it at all. Yeah. Until we started uh, to review it. And I'm so excited to talk about the issue because of that. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all the parallels between issue 10 and what happens in the movie. I was just yeah. going to say, you didn't need to read it. We got the movie. You know, we, we, Exactly. We that's talk. true. That's true. Yeah. 
And here this was. This was written three years before the movie. So it's exciting to me that, um, you know, we can cover this and have a fresh take. So a lot of times I don't want to know. Like I could (laughs) easily on Comixology get on there, pull up the color classics and read every single uh, Mirage Volume 1 comic there is. I could. I just don't want to. I, I want to wait and that to me, that's so exciting, you know, for, for me. And, and that was the whole point of this podcast was to delve into the stuff that I don't know about yeah. um, with a fresh take. And uh, I hope that doesn't offend some of our listeners, you know, that I don't know all this stuff. But uh, I think that's, for me, the exciting part of doing this show. Yeah. Listeners, if to that's you what stuff. offends you, you have problems. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Real, real, real quick. What I wanted to say is that yeah, we're we're always taking suggestions. You know, don't ever, oh, absolutely. You know, don't ever feel offended to talk to us. It's just that with the Ninja Turtles in general, there's so much to cover. There's so much to cover. And, oh my um, gosh, yeah. You know, even even when we think that we don't have anything to talk about, there's always something new coming out. And I think that's one of the great things about Ninja Turtles is that you know, we'll you know we'll always we'll always take your suggestions. Uh, now, now yeah. we may, we, you know, we may do like a, a form, formulaic, you know, layout of how we do the show every now and then. But you know, every, every now and then we'll we'll definitely branch off and, you know, yeah, talk about you know what 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 you guys want about because you know it is about our listeners and it is about you know, just this community as a whole. You know, just working together and just making the show fun for everybody. Yeah, and Josh has a really cool idea of something. I think we're going to try after issue 100. So uh, we are going to change things up and, sh- and shake things up a little bit. And I think. You know, just always keeping it fresh and always trying to find a way to improve will uh, uh, hopefully do the, you know, fan service for, for our listeners, yeah. you know, and hopefully, you know, just shaking things up. So that way, you know, you don't get bored of the same format we've always been. And, and hopefully this. Yeah, I really want to I really want to get into the Archie stuff. Me too. Yeah, I really do. So, yeah. Um, and I would love to do, you know what, honestly, I would love to do like non-sequential stuff. Just be like out of order. Just be like, what issue do you really want to talk about? And there's so many of them that we could talk about four issues every episode, and we would, <laughs> yeah, we would never stuff the rob. There's just yeah. so much. Yeah, you know? the Archie series alone is over is almost up the issues. Yeah, like we could talk, we could talk about issue of the Archie series every week for a year, and wouldn't go, we wouldn't get out of that series. You know? Yeah, that's not even so. the Mighty Mutant Channel stuff, and Mighty just like the one shots and the annuals. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, guys. I mean. That's the beauty of it, you know. And it's so funny when I first started, I thought, "Oh boy, I've, I'm afraid I'm gonna run out of things to talk about." That's the dumbest thought I've ever thought for this show. <laughs> no, no, we're never, never gonna no, run out of material, like ever. Like even if we have to be sixty years old and retired, we're, there's always gonna be something to talk about. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you know what? I wonder if the show will still be around, like, say, twenty years from now. You know, I don't know, man. I, I love my turtles. It, I've, I'm 31 years old now. Nothing's really changed since I was. Oh, a five-year-old kid. <laughs> you know I'll what? By it. the time we're I mean, 50 like... and we're all still doing a podcast, we're going to be talking about our favorite off-brand of Metamucil or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, I think I think one day we're all going to do – we're all going to be podcasting together, but we're going to be podcasting about something else. And oh, really? It's going to be – It's. I mean, we're going to probably be talking about you – know, we're going to do like a Marvel podcast. We're going to do a new Soggy podcast, and we're – it's always going to end up coming back to Ninja Turtles. For, you know, like, my turtles I think we're always going to do a Turtle Flakes podcast, but it's going to be Turtle Flakes Presents this right here that we're talking about this week or this that we're talking about this month. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, like, I have been writing about Ninja Turtles for two years now. I am so tired of writing about Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but it's just something that I want to do. 
you know? Yeah. I'm so tired of action figure collecting, but then I see that new one that I don't have, and it's like, I want to get that, you know? I, <laughs> you know, and just how many times have we read the, the first issue of the Ninja Turtles, the Mirage Volume 1? We, But I always end up coming back to it. You know, oh, it's just, yeah. Oh, just yeah. comforting. I, at this point in my life, it is something that's coming. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yep. I mean, it's part of who we are. I mean, I, not to get yeah. too deep and philosophical, but, like, to me, I couldn't imagine life without it at this point because it's yeah. always been there. And and one thing – I'll just get personal for a minute, you know. One thing that I, I will always love the Turtles for is they me of a very, very happy time in my childhood. You know, when my family was together, my dad was still alive. You know, it, it, it just reminds me of such a bright time in my life. Think about the Turtles in that light. You know, and I, sure, you, you get tired of – I mean, the, the, for me, the hardest part is the editing. You know, that takes hours sometimes. Um, but I'm always excited come Saturday morning to record the next episode. Well, you know, for great friends through the show. Uh, and, and two, it's the Turtles, you know. And my biggest fear was when I started the show, besides not, you know, knowing what to talk about, was that somehow something bad would happen and it would ruin my outlook on the Turtles – yeah, you know, maybe yeah. we'd get some really, really negative feedback or something like that, or if somebody would tell us we should just give up, we're not experts. I was expecting it. I really was. I was waiting for it. Yeah. Um, it never really happened. You know, sure, there, there's always people that have offered suggestions, but, you know, everyone's been so encouraging, and, and everyone's been so uh, kind to us, and really meeting all these creators and uh, comic book writers, uh, man, it's just, if anything, it's furthered my love for it, and... and uh, and man, I just I hope we can do this for years and years and years to come because it's it's really part of who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real real quick, I, I, did, I did kind of not not to get sappy, but I did kind of want to. Oh, I already got that. You're good. Something personal. Um, you know, I do have a job. You know, I work at Old Navy. Not too much often, but that is that is one thing. You know, and I'm I'm sure you know Rob and Josh can relate to this too. You know, you you always get that question of you know what do you want to do when you go older? Like thing that you could do would make you happy that would make other people happy honestly it's this you know back in 2015 this is something that i love doing with you guys this is something that i love about with you guys and i i don't know everything about ninja turtles now i, I do know a lot of stuff but i always like discovering something new and i like discovering that whether it's you know fans whether it's you know getting kevin easton on, on the show which i'm still can't believe i talked to him that's <laughs> man I think that's I still think that, but no, like seriously, just this, and and I understand it, it is a hobby, but it just, it's I enjoy. It's something that I look forward to every weekend. It's something that I love talking to listeners. It's something that, well, okay, I, I kind of want to give a shout out because I, I never mentioned this before. My my friend Gabe, who who I met, who's a listener of the show, and um, who actually I met at Pensacon. If it wasn't for him, I would have never even have met Judith Hogan, talked to her because. Contrary to popular belief, I'm actually a very shy person in, in real life, and I do suffer from a social. Um, it's something that I've pretty much had all my life, and it's really hard for me to make friends. But you know, just the fact that you know I got to meet people like Gay, people like Rob, people like Josh, who message me and just say, "Hey, you know, we just appreciate you know you just you know helping us out." So that that makes me proud. That well, that not only makes me makes me proud, it makes me a better person just overall in general. So just thank you for all the list, for all the positive feedback on the show and just for, you know, getting along with each other because that, that really does help us out. Man. Well said, man. I appreciate you saying that. 
Thanks. Yeah, and and uh, Josh, I don't know, man. Do you want to, do you want to tell him in this episode, or should we wait till the next one? It just feels right. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, Thaddeus, you're gone, man. We're yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know what? It just so. feels right to tell you now, Josh. Why, why don't you tell him? Well, we wanted to uh, uh, make you a full-on co-host of Turtle Flex Podcast uh, because you just won't leave. You know, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> that's true, man. Made, <laughs> no, you're my friend. You're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's exactly uh, right. I mean, you know, not exactly, but we want you to be on the show. Not exactly like I just said it. Well, that's but, uh, true. <laughs> yeah, we we do want you to be a full-on co-host, so it would be. Rob Luther, myself, Thaddeus Manning, and Jay Weezy, whenever he wants. Um, <laughs> and Landon, where are you, man? I have not met you yet. Oh, we got to make that happen. Yeah. Where's Landon? Landon's like, I'm going to be on this show for a long time, and that was 20 minutes. <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah, uh, and, and just to you know, uh, echo what Josh said, we, we had talked about this. Uh, I, I had messaged Josh and Jay Weezy a couple weeks ago, and I said, man, Th- Thaddeus is a good man. He does so much for for us uh i mean i think it was right after the kevin eastman interview i said man this is the least we can do for you man we just wanted to make it official you know so now you're official staple of this show whether you want to be or not uh (laughs) and uh we're just happy to have you man pretty much man you pretty much man our whole facebook page yeah exactly so for that alone you know (laughs) you know like i said before i i just i greatly appreciate it guys uh real real quick and uh, but before we get on further, because I'm tired of rambling, um, nah, it's good everyone could do me a favor. Um, just kind of send Jay Weezy some good vibes. Um, he hasn't really been feeling that well this week. He kind of left work recently, and he just had like di- uh, dizzy spells to where yeah. he literally couldn't work. Yeah. So if everyone could just just like write him a, or send him a, a message or just you know let let us know that like we're thinking of him, and hopefully we can get him. Uh, back on the show soon. Yeah, yeah. He's had some pretty um, bad spells of Virgo, and I, I never knew he had this be- problem before. I don't know if it's an ongoing thing or uh, Yeah, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers. He, he's a he's a good man. He's got a good heart, and we certainly miss him on the show, you know. And and uh, we're all kind of a a family, and and it's we miss you when you're gone, and, and we definitely uh, been thinking about you, buddy. So yeah, we notice when you're not here. You know? Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, even Josh said something nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> I I missed a couple of times on the show. I really like him. Like I, I totally respect guy. I mean, it's because yeah. of him and Rob Luther. Why were why Thaddeus and I are even here? You know, um, yeah. because no. two of you started this podcast together. And maybe this is something. Kidding. Cr- <laughs> this but, is good though. You know, it's off the, off the cuff. Are, uh, listeners, I hope you didn't want to hear a case of the killer pizzas because it's not happening. I don't think um, it's happening today, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really don't think it is. Yeah. So. Just like that's that's going to be our white rabbit. That's the episode that never was. <laughs> um, but uh, Jay Weezy really is uh, just a cornerstone uh, yeah. of this podcast here. Without him telling Rob, no, this is a podcast we need to do, none of us would be here. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I, I, and it was uh, the funniest conversation. I didn't hardly know him. I just called him up. Uh, I said, hey, man, this is an idea I have. What do you think? Like, you're my yeah, friend. Yeah. You are my friend. Yeah, now. you're gonna be my co-host now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll never forget the first conversation I had with him. I just remember it being so uh, easy to talk to him, and I barely know him. And you know, yeah. Thaddeus, I'm, I'm a lot like you, man. I, I'm a little shy. I've always been that way, which is kind of ironic since I'm a teacher. But uh, 
Yeah. You know, Josh is just one of those good guys that just makes he he's so easy to talk to, and that's Not when me. I knew. I was, no, no, you're the same way. You're the same I'm, way. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually, I have a lot more in common with you two. Like all of this, like I'm very like acerbic and bombastic and just kind of very. I, that's <laughs> after you get to know me. Like if yeah. I don't corner, just kind of like no, nope, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um. We all get along fine, and I think I think in a lot of ways our dynamics we're all a little different. But I think that's what really kind of makes the show fresh and fun for for at least for me. And uh, um, but yeah, man, Josh, we miss you, buddy. We love you, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you get well soon, man. I'll keep I'll keep in touch with you, and I'll I'll keep you all updated. Thanks, I thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot. I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Craig. He okay. uh, he started a Kickstarter a couple of months ago for a comic book it's like an interactive comic book it's it's a comic book slash coloring book slash mm-hmm. you can write your own story and it's called color me reggie and it's really really good i talked to him about it it took him eight months to do this but it is incredible oh. that he drew all this and it's just i i knew he was good but i didn't know he was this good this is amazing stuff he has here and i'm just flipping through it right now um like the dialogue bubbles you know where where characters talk you fill those in yourselves and it's just it's a really cool little comic book and he sent me a signed poster of it a pack of stickers and he also threw in a bonus sketch which is i think it's supposed to be me and my son you know uh but in like frog form because the main character is a frog uh really really professionally done and i asked him if he has any more for sale and he does but you'd have to contact him directly and he gave me his email address here if you guys would be interested in this, this is perfect for like a, you know, four or five-year-old kid or, or even older, like a heck, an adult like me, you know. I'd, I'd get a kick out of this. Send him an email. He's got plenty of these for sale um, for very very cheap from what I remember. Uh, where's the email address? Let me get my show notes up. His email address, and again, his name's Craig Holland, is craig.a.holland. So that's C R A I G dot a dot holland which is h-o-l-l-a-n-d at gmail.com so uh, again the the coloring book's called color me reggie and it's amazing what he's done with this uh and i can't thank you enough for including that picture i did not expect that that was a sweet bonus i'm gonna go ahead and frame it and oh and also we want to have him on the show he's a diehard ninja turtles fan and that's actually how i got to know him was through the show though uh, another another reason I'm thankful we do this podcast. So thank you, Craig, for that, and uh, really appreciate it, man. Keep up the awesome work. All right, guys. Well, it's time for Mr. T's Channel Six News. So take it away, my man. All right. So just uh, I have three quick um, news articles that I want to talk about. Um, now we actually mentioned this earlier on the show. Um, this is the TMNT Origin Kickstarter, and uh, without giving any spoilers away, I just kind of want to talk to everyone uh, about what this is. Um, this, this new comic is about, and it says, uh, after bringing you the image conclusion, which is volume three, issues number 24, 25, and TMNT Odyssey, we now bring you TMNT Origin. An exciting new adventure of the Mirage TMNT venturing into the center of the universe to get both answers to their existence as well as what it, what is needed to save it. An unlikely alliance is formed that will encounter many new creatures, 
and be forced to confront new truths. And uh, for more information, including how, how to donate, visit.com and look up TMNT Origin. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. yeah, it looks great. It looks great. I'm just happy to have Lawson back. Yeah. And uh, uh, next bit of news. Um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Thais. I don't mean to interrupt you, but isn't Mark Pellegrini involved with that too? Uh, yes. Yes, Mark is actually – he actually donated. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's kind of spreading the word. Um, there is uh, – I want to say there's about 32 days still left in the campaign. Um, it only needs about 8,800 to get fit. And right now it's sitting at about, I think, 5,180. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty close. Whenever you do donate, you, you will actually get a, um, a physical copy of the book. I, I think if you pay 60, you can actually get the book autographed by both, um, Andrew Modine and Jim Lawson. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Realty origin. Absolutely. That sounds great. And uh, next bit of news. Now, this is actually another reprint. Um, this is uh, this isn't coming out till April of next year, seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. This is TMNT Color Classics Volume One, the trade paperback edition. Um, this will be twenty dollars issues number one through seven of Volume One of the Mirage comics, as well as the Michelangelo and Raphael one shot. So, uh, yeah, April seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. That is the. TMNT Color Classics Volume 1 Edition. Alright, good deal. And uh, last but not least, um, this is actually coming out next. The TMNT Eastman and Laird Mirage Studio Covers book. Um, This is 26. It will be priced around $30. And basically what this book is is that it's kind of like a poster book. It collects a whole bunch of Mirage Studio covers, but it also includes original sketches, behind-the-scenes uh, footage of the comic was made, and never-before-seen artwork. So that is the TMNT Even and Lego Radio cover book. It's $30, and it will be coming out September 26th. And that is it for Turtle News. All right. Thanks, sir. That's awesome. How much How much you say that book was? Uh, $30. $30. Oh, might, that might have to be a pickup. Huh? We'll, we'll see about that. We'll do our videos on right now. Sweet. All right. Well, good deal, man. Thank you. Welcome back to another installment of Josh's Radical Record. What this segment is, for those that don't know, is this is just something that's outside of the realm of Ninja Turtle uh, pop culture here. Just basically, if you want to know basically anything that, you know, just that isn't Turtles related. What is a good movie that you should watch? What is it you should play, you know? And this week, I'm going to be focusing on a brand game that came out this past Tuesday called Hellblade uh, Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, so what this game is about, it's uh, it's an exclusive uh, PS4 and PC game, digital only. There's no physical media for it. Uh, it was developed by Ninja Theory, and it just came out on August 8th. And I've been following the development of this game for the past two years. Uh, what this game is, is it is a uh, hack and slash, sword and shield uh, action uh, game about a young woman named Senua, and she is a Celtic warrior who is uh, on a quest into hell to find the soul of her husband, Dillian. And the real crux of this uh, game, it looks like it's just a hack-and-slash woman-fighting Vikings uh, 
it's deeply rooted in Norse mythology, uh, but it really has nothing to do with like what we think of Norse mythology. It has nothing to do with the world tree, Odin and Thor and the Midgard serpent. This woman is going into hell to make a deal with the goddess of the dead, Hela, for her mm. husband's soul. And this, huh. the the real crux of this game is this woman is deeply, deeply disturbed, and she's suffering from psychosis. Now, Ninja Theory is very smart not to actually tell you what she's dealing with. The popular belief is that she's dealing with schizophrenia, but back in the time that Senua would be alive, roughly the Iron Age, you know, pre-Roman Empire, um, so around 2,000 years ago, she, they wouldn't know what her uh, ailings are, what what mental uh, disturbances she would have. They wouldn't know it. They wouldn't have a name for it. They would just say that she's cursed, she's, you know, and that's what happens. She is led to believe that she is a plague amongst people, that people die because of this darkness that's in her head. That's, I mean, the whole time that you're playing game, uh, you're here that are in Senua's head. And mm-hmm. there's multiple voices Usually it's these two women that are going back and forth next to the game because this game has no tutorial. There's no waypoint. There's no HUD. There's no map. There's nothing. But these two voices telling Senua have to focus. You have to fight this. You have to fight this way. You have to go here. But then at the same time, the voices are telling you, don't go there. It, it, it's, you know, you'll die if you go that way. Then That's scary. Don't yeah. do that. And so you would have to figure out which voice do I listen to? Or should I listen to either of them? Should I just go my own way? And then there's a third voice, which is late in the game, uh, Senua refers to this voice as the beast. And the beast is just teaching you about how you are going to die. But before that, you are going to bring about everyone that you love, you worthless excuse of a warrior. You know, that's, the whole game, she's just being beat down mentally. And there's the physical aspects, you know, fighting Viking warriors that are just scary to look at. You know, they are just, huh. you know, and because, I mean, according to Norse mythology and Greek mythology, hell was a play to go to. You weren't supposed to, but if you were crazy enough to go there, whatever, have fun. I'm not crazy enough to do it. <laughs> if you really want to. Yeah, if you really are crazy enough. And Senua is a woman who, yeah, she's she's deeply disturbed. But especially in the later half of the game, she's like, I, I can't afford to have fear of this. Because, like, she's carrying around the, the skull of her husband, Dillian. Because, according to Norse mythology, they believe that the soul rested in the mind. Mm-hmm. So... If she's going to be able to get her husband's soul back, it has to have a vessel to transfer to. So, hmm. um, and it's a it's a really really good game. The combat mechanics are very very simple. It's the game is not about the combat. You kind of feel like they had to have combat mm-hmm. to appeal to a broader audience. But the game itself is really about the psychosis of this young woman. It's up to the player to decide. If she's even was she born crazy or did her culture make her crazy? Mm-hmm. You know, like, because it, it really asks those questions because her mother, this isn't a spoiler, uh, her mother suffered from the same thing. And her father, who was a priest, was like, Well, you have the devil in you. You know? 
Yeah. And but was it really something genetic or was it something her father did? You find out they explained very early in the game that she was isolated. Like she was from everyone. Like she was forced to stay. Father locked her in a room and she didn't talk to anyone, didn't see anyone, didn't even know what outside was for years. It's really crazy. And you really saw the hope that uh, this woman had because of her husband, because her husband was the first person to even talk to her, to be nice to her. And so that is that explains she's willing to go into hell to find him. And it's got just it's full of just beautiful landscapes. I mean, it is got a very simple color palette of just like orange and brown and blues and blacks. And uh, when you do end up in hell, uh, because you do meet mm-hmm. um, super, super disturbing from you. what you would think hell is, it's not. It's kind of like. It's it's not what everyone thinks of hell. It's not mm-hmm. fire and brimstone and just you know demons and ooh man. But um, it really is just uh, you could see where hell would be treated realistically in this game, and it's it's a lot of fun. Is don't expect something like God of War. It looks mm-hmm. like because of the advertising, because they have to sell the game, it like it would be God of War, but it mm-hmm. really isn't. It really. It's actually in terms of quality of storied games like The Last of Us or Gone Home or you know, uh, Heavy Rain or something like that where story is the real selling point of that game. Right. That's what you're in for. And it's it's available now for on Steam and on PSN. It's only thirty bucks. It's well worth the thirty dollars. A lot of people have been miffed that it's only an eight hour game and it's super linear like you start at point a and you end up at point b Mm -hmm. for a gamer like me who grew up in the nes and say say games uh days i love linear games i think open world games are just ridiculous and i think it's way too much to to process i love your games and i love seeing a return to form of simplicity in this uh, in this type of game, so I, I highly recommend Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. So, awesome! Hey, all right, mm-hmm. good stuff, man. We're all hey, you, you <clears throat> talked me into it. Really, I might have to get that myself. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I think you're gonna like it. There mm-hmm. is a a uh, what's called a permadeath penalty, where if you die enough times, you're just dead. And it e- apparently <laughs> apparently it erases your save file. Oh wow! Oh, that's just cruel. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It has kind of been debunked that, according to gamers, that uh, Ninja Theory, the developer of this game, just put that in there so you would take care of your character. And so right. you play smart. Because I'll be honest, I got to the end of the game. Like, uh, I won't spoil the ending here. I don't want to do that. You have to experience the ending yourself. But at the first part of the game... Senua is infected with what is called the rot. Mm -hmm. And the more you die, it starts in her hand and it will go up to her head. And the more that you die, the more this rot overtakes your arm. And if it reaches her head, her soul is destroyed and your save file is yours. Now, Ah. now this is what happened to me. God's honest truth. I had the rot all the way up to my shoulder because it was a particularly hard part of the game that just crushed me for a couple of for a couple of lives mm-hmm. and I was right before the final boss is just this of course it's a gauntlet of bad guys that you have to fight just wave after wave of enemies and you have to survive 
and I die. And when I respawned, when the game auto saved and loaded, the rot was at the rotting effect was at her shoulder. And when I respawned at the next save at the save point, it was down uh, down below my elbow. So it huh. took it down. So I I I don't know if that's because the game wanted me to see the end of the game or if there's actually no permadeath penalty. You know, I, I don't know. Huh. And Ninja Theory, to their credit, they have said, no, you can actually permanently die and have your save file erased. Hmm. But I don't know how that's the case if it kept me from doing that. Because it should have happened. I, I, I used up all my lives. Lives. And quotes. Wow. But it didn't happen. So I don't know if it was because I was just beyond... I mean, like, literally the final boss was the next door. You know, so I don't know if it was because of that or if it's because there is no permadeath. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know. I don't really right. care. I, I just <laughs> love the experience of the game. It was so beautiful. The, the ending actually made me cry. Oh, wow. I, I, me and Nicole was watching me and we both just were, we both cried. You know, it, it was a beautiful ending. I absolutely adored it. Oh, and man. that being said, I can see how this game is not going to be for everybody because combat happens very, very sparsely. It's very few and far between. When it happens, it's fun because it's simple. And it's, it's, it plays, if you've ever played like Devil May Cry, the combat is very similar to that. Ooh, love where Devil May Cry. Very combo specific, but there aren't a lot of combos. Yeah. So, but it's really cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I highly recommend it. Awesome. So, what'd you say the main character's name was again? Uh, her name was Senua. Well, I wonder if she'll send you a postcard. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't ruin this experience, Rob. So. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll cut that. That was terrible. I thought no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? Senua was actually a Celtic goddess that was recently discovered back in 2012. Oh, no, really? nobody knew. There has never been any record of that goddess huh. in Celtic folklore or mythology. Until somebody found a shrine of small trinkets, and each one was inscribed with a saying that said, "To the goddess, to the goddess Senua for her sacrifice." Wow! I was like, "Oh, wow. I wonder what that's like." And somebody <laughs> at Ninja Theory was like, "I wonder what that means. I'll make a game out of it." So, <laughs> well, good deal. I highly recommend it. Go get it right now. All right. Yeah. Well, after this podcast, please listen to the show first. Well, I guess you could pause us and then come back. Yeah, <laughs> Rob's going to make more puns. Go out and buy the <laughs> right. game. You might know, we must go. <laughs> hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep, pizza. Mm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? I'll make this really quick. Okay, this is the Leonardo... Playmates figure. This is based off the original Mirage comics, and uh, these are pretty cheap. You can find them for about uh, $10 online. One thing that I really like about this figure, if you if you can't afford the uh, NECA or the Mondo uh, Turtle toys, is that they're actually pretty detailed. I know you probably can't see this, but I actually yeah. has like almost kind of like kind of gritty, sort of like battle damage feel to it. Yeah. Especially on Leonardo on his. Uh, on the, on the front of his face, it's hard to see, but he actually has a, has like stitches, almost to where like it looks like his face got scratched up by like a sword or a blade. And these turtles, they actually have the uh, they actually have a, a little tail on, sort of like um, the Kevin oh, Eastman yeah. turtle. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, you know, they're they're, they're kind of small on the shell. You can see back how the shell is like really detailed, and uh, just these these really pop. Uh, these are really affordable. Um, overall, uh, I, the only one that I'm missing is Donatello. Uh, this is the Leonardo one. Uh, just just for the price alone, I'm probably going to give these about an a uh, an eight out of ten. The only reason why I knocked off two points is that the the Neko ones and the Mondo ones they do look a, a they're more detailed, they're a lot more expensive. Um, but for you know roughly around eighteen dollars, if you can find these at like a Walmart or like a Target, uh, definitely pick these up. Usually cool, and these are the um, the Playmates style original comic book uh, turtles. Yeah, I really like those, man. I got those. I've, I've had those for a couple of years now, and. You know, say what you will about like NECA and highly sought after collectible figures like that. I really like that Playmates did something that kind of gritty, you know? I mean, like, I, I, I got the apparently rumor was the reason why there's all those like scratches and everything on the characters was originally those characters were supposed to be black and white uh, painted. And yeah. the scratches were supposed to like, all that's where all the shading was. And it oh, was right. like, I guess, I guess like the last minute they decided, nah, just make them full color. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really liked those. Those are some cool figures, man. Yep. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish they would have made more. I kind of wish that, I, of course, I mean, me being greedy, kind of wish they would have made an April and Casey and probably Shredder or whatever. You know, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. But never know, they might. Dang, I'm sorry, I missed your toy review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to uh, step out for a second, uh, but uh, I came back and it looks like you're already done. Oh, it's okay. I, I, I was basically just saying that uh, for for the price alone, because these are roughly around ten dollars. Um, I, I'm going to give these about an 8 out of 10. These are just yeah, really that's affordable. Good they really pop, and you can actually see the detail. Leonardo, you can see like stitches on his face. You can see the wear and tear on his bandana. Uh, you know, the shell, you can see where like, the shell's kind of like beaten up and damaged. Yeah, these, these, are really, these are really affordable, and they just they make a really good display piece. So if you, if you have the money and you ever get a chance, uh, definitely check out the Playmates uh, Ninja Turtle toys that are uh, based off the original Mirage Hunts. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Alright, guys. Well, um, I guess, you know, our main feature today, and I apologize we won't get to the case of the killer pieces once again, but uh, believe it or not, we talked about uh, that particular cartoon episode, uh, episode 50. So if you want to hear our commentary on it, and along with, you know, how that was one of my first Ninja Turtle cartoons ever... Um, go check out that episode. That's just a great episode, and I think uh, eventually we'll get back to the killer pieces later on. But today, for our comic focus, we are on issue 10. We were supposed to discuss last time. Uh, we just ran out of time. And yep. uh, this is a, a direct continuation of the Leonardo series that uh, we, we felt so strongly about. Let me get my show notes up here. I can give you some So this particular issue, uh, so this is, again, Volume 1, Issue 10 was published in April of 1987. The art, story, inking, lettering, and tones were all done by the crew. Eastman, Laird, Dooney, and Levine. And you know, here's something I don't, I've never, don't think we've ever talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually look at the Turtles in, in these issues here, so say the Micro Series and then this particular issue, they are already changing as far as the way they look. Because if you look at the Turtles in the first issue, and, and even the second... Yeah, you can already see, you know, if you look at their faces, like, for instance, I'm looking at a copy of the first issue, and you can see their upper lip kind of curls down over their teeth. Yeah. You can only see their teeth from each side. 
that changes very quickly. You, you don't see that as much. Um, and in this issue, you don't see that at all. These these turtles here are pretty much the turtles we're used to seeing for the rest of the series. Changed already. But yeah, so just a quick recap. Leonardo, uh, in the last issue, was uh, viciously pursued, uh, relentlessly pursued by the Foot Clan while the turtles were decorating for Christmas. You know, the rest of the turtles were. Uh, so you had this really cool contrast between you know, nice little Christmas story and jokes are being, you know, told at the house, mm-hmm. uh, April's place. And then contrast that with Leonardo fighting his butt off pretty much from sunrise to sunset. Yeah. And the, the snow has gotten really, really um, thick. And then by the end of the issue, poor Leonardo has been, he's he's been defeated. You know, he, he's been through sheer numbers pretty much uh, defeated. And he's thrown through the window of April's apartment and he gives the big kind of reveal line jaw dropper line that it's him he's back the shredder and that's exactly where this one picks up the title of this story is called silent partner and this is again is 10 so this one picks up right where it left off all right the very first page and uh April's like oh my gosh Leo and all the guys all the rest of the turtles are completely shocked at what just happened and right after that, I mean, this this issue picks uh, hits the ground running. All the foot ninjas break into the house, all the windows there. And it's really cool because it's at night you can tat, and yet you can see, even through each broken window, the snow is falling really, really heavily at this point. And um, just some of these action scenes are some of Eastman's best action scenes I've seen yet. Just just really phenomenal here. Um, you got them busting through the, gra- the glass, and at the bottom of page two, you've got the glass shards all over the place as the foot are about to attack the turtles, who are completely vulnerable at this point. And I thought um, insurance salesmen were pushy. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. And yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there are so many similarities between this issue and what eventually happens in the first film. All right, Just maybe different turtle characters, but the same plot. Okay, so the turtles... They have to kind of make a uh, quick stand here, all right? And remember, there's only three of them that are healthy enough to actually fight. Poor Leo is down and out. And all throughout the issue, April and Splinter are going to pretty much be trying to take care of Leo and get him out of harm's way. Colangelo, Donnie, and Raph try to hold these guys up as long as they can. But again, the foot, I love this about them. They are actually very menacing in this issue. They are not a joke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah man i love it like these guys they are hardcore assassins here man they just i don't think any foot member says a single line of dialogue they nope. just don't make any noise at all they don't waste any time they are just here to kill the turtles yeah and i gotta say the color classics version that's the one i'm looking at right now yeah listeners too. go get it it's like it's two bucks on comiXology if you want to get the digital one um, you might it might be a few more dollars if you get it in print, but boy, it looks great. Those those Foot Clan guys with the red eyes, I love that. That's such a cool, menacing look, and especially when we get to some parts where they're hiding here in a little bit, uh, you can really see the eyes glow. April, uh, she's about to get attacked, and I guess it's Michelangelo who picks up a sofa or a uh, seat. He throws the, the couch at a bunch of these guys. Yeah, it's I great. know, I know. They actually kicked a, a sofa towards um, Michelangelo to kind of throw him off balance, and then the next panel you can see a, uh, a foot ninja striking from above, and uh, Donatello's readying his bow stuff. Oh, yeah, great shot there. And all these action scenes are just wonderful. It's hard to explain strong they are, but you can just see how 
carefully drawn each action scene is and how a motion, you know, between a sword swinging through the air or a sigh being flown through the air or an arrow. I mean, it's so very detail oriented, these action scenes. And that's definitely Kevin Eastman to a T. It's very, it's very difficult to actually illustrate motion. You know, yes. It's, it's very, it's, it's very hard to make a drawing of like a giant turtle throwing a ninja assassin like him throwing him across the room, you see one frame of it, essentially. But in your head, you can see exactly what direction he's throwing the guy, where he hits the wall, where he land on the floor. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just every single one, it's it's a very fluid, not confusing at all fight scene here. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and, and at the same point... It looks so chaotic at the same time because you still yeah. see – I'm looking at one right now. It's a full spread where it looks like Raph's getting kneed um, in the chest by one of the Foot Clan who looks like they're, they have a machete in their hand with mm-hmm. Spike handled. But you like look at the sofa in the background and you see the Foot Ninja's swords uh, slashing through the sofa. And that's in the background. There's just some really cool shots here. And that's kind of what um, I wanted to talk about. In the last episode, Ben Bishop brought up, you know, how a lot of times people just read a comic and they're done with it in 10, 15, 20 minutes because they're just reading it for the story. This one, definitely check out every, every panel because this is just one of the most gorgeous Turtles books I've read so far. This one and the last one are are great as far as details in the background go. So, you know, battle here in the living room and that poor sofa, man. That's that, that thing's about had it. And I, one of them, you know, throws the sofa on a couple of the foot soldiers, and they get pinned. It looks like Donatello goes, Splinter, April, Leo, and go for the stairway. We'll follow when the when we secure this floor. Looks like the junk looks like the junk shop is our best way out. So that's overall what's going to happen. They're going to try to make their way to the uh, antique store, right? Did I understand that correct? Yeah, they're going downstairs the second time around. Yeah, uh, right. If I could, real quickly, like Splinter gets a nice little showcase of his talent here. Like there's a foot member that's got a bow and arrow, yeah. And he shoots a bow. He shoots an arrow at him, and just Splinter just catches it and just like kind of snaps it and leaves it. So right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that bottom panel where Raphael actually throws a Foot Clan ninja out the window, and he actually says, "Take off, Robin Hood." <laughs> I know. He's, yeah. can- he's Canadian. Take off. He, even before he throws him, he hits him in the face with a table. Ooh. You know, yeah. just- with like an end table with a lamp on it, just like they are just, I mean, Raphael don't care. I love that. Like of all yeah. these ninjas, he's like the barroom fighter, you know? <laughs> and I love, I just love that, that panel too, because you kind of get to see what's going on outside. It's snowing heavily. You can obviously tell they're on a top floor and you see the ropes coming down. So they must've come to, to crash in like that. Um, so just a really cool one panel, you know, shot that gives you the outside perspective, you know, looking in. So, so they're rushing at least, Splinter and April are trying to make their way down the stairwell, and poor Leonardo's trying, you know, he's trying to be the leader, he's trying to be strong, but he's got nothing left in the tank. He's like, I can walk myself, I can walk myself, but we've quickly... Then that, falls over. Yeah, we find out quickly he cannot walk by himself. You know, and even with this chaotic stuff going on, there's humor in this issue. There really is. There's a couple of, there's a couple scenes where, uh, where Michelangelo's cracking some jokes, and we'll, we'll get to those, but... Okay. And I really, I really like they're um, they're uh, on their way to the stairwell. They're leaving April's apartment. They're walking towards the staircase, and April just like instantly just tries to open the door. And I think it's um, let's see, I think it is Michelangelo because of course nobody's holding a weapon, so I can't tell you with absolute certainty which one it is. But 
April opens the door and a Foot Clan member just like comes out, comes in, like busts through the and door. Like, surprise! Yeah, like <laughs> surprise! Like anti-birthday cake. And <laughs> Michelangelo just kicks the door and crushes this dude into the door frame and he just falls over like, I won't say he's dead, but he's not getting back up anytime no. soon. No, he's not going to be an issue 11. Yeah, I really like that. That's, that's so cool. Just like, that's what you would actually do. Like, there's no time for karate here. Like, you know, I yeah. Like that. Then on the uh, on the bottom panel, the foot the foot ninja actually tries to get back up, and Michelangelo knocks him out with, like, a one yeah. punch, and he, and he says, Mr. Foot, meet Mr. Fist. See, I love that. I love that. You know, that's the humor right there. Even though you got all this chaos going on, so there's always that, you know, great blend between humor and serious action in this first volume. So he's knocked out. You know, he's stuck in the doorway. Uh, my understanding is that the there's one turtle. I, I can't remember if it's rough. one stays up there. Anyone else is going to come in the windows. And then the other turtles are clearing the stairwell. And it's such a cool scene where um, I know one of them's Donatello. I'm assuming the other one's Michelangelo. Yeah. Or maybe that's Raph. Uh, Raph at this point the... hasn't put his mask on yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably Michelangelo then. So they're looking for the stairwell, you know. They're like, "All right, guys, looks clear," and we get some dramatic irony here because we know it's on, but the poor turtles don't—at least not yet. But you see, underneath the stairwell, there's three Foot Clan guys right underneath it. One's cuddled up on a box, and I love their glowing red yeah, eyes. That, that is a great. That is a great shot, by the way. I love how that was. Yeah, done. me too. Me too. That's a cool layout there, and uh, so we see what's going on. And meanwhile, we have one of the turtles. I. It sounds. I think that's rough. But like his sense of humor reminds me of Michelangelo. You know, he's like Wugga Wugga oh, Gaijin. Yeah. It's go time. Uh, it seems <laughs> like a Michelangelo line. But uh, oh no, no, no! I was talking about the uh, the top panel where um, Raphael has mask on. Oh okay. Yeah, that's that's Raphael in there. Yeah. Just sounds like a Mikey line for some reason, but I, I love it. It's great. Oh no, no, that that, that was a Mikey line. I'm, I'm, I was saying uh, when when the turtles put in his mask on the top panel, that's actually Raphael. But yeah. but the line but the line wugga wugga that's that's Michelangelo. Oh, is that not the same turtle that was waiting for him? No, that's that's Raphael. That's all Raphael on that page. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah I, I assumed it was the same one because like, he gets up, but he's still in the shade. Uh, oh, I see it. Okay, sorry. Oh no, you yeah, that was my, that was my But uh, so two foot and guys, they finally jump in. And he's like, "Ha, I've been waiting, leftovers." And he, <laughs> the greatest, what a one really cool scene <laughs> is at the very bottom panel. You see him jump out of the shadow in motion, and it's cool. It's all shadow, and then by the fourth jump, he's a completely in color in the light. Really cool the way they did that. A lot of great things here uh, as far as the art goes. And then on the next page, we get shot. That famous shot that we see in the in the where you know he kicks one guy to the left with his foot and punches the other guy to the right. It, it's a really cool scene. You know how he does that that little shot there, and I know uh, who I can't remember his name. Whoever was the martial artist that did uh, Raph in the movie, he used that same move, yeah. and that's so cool. Which, uh, by the way, listeners, that move doesn't work in real life. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. Ah, uh, yeah, he's tried it. <laughs> I have, yeah. I, I, Ninja Turtles got me into karate and stuff like that when I was a kid. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. So finally, he knocks those guys out. He, he goes, oh, I've got to get the splinter. In. Uh, oh, yeah, he goes, um, history, ditto. You have done well, Weed Hopper. And he's like, oh, i got to get splinter to say that one day. So uh, he runs out. He's about to join the other turtles. And the turtles, they're smart. They start realizing, hmm, 
I think there's some guys underneath this. Uh, I think, didn't they do this in the film where April's like trying to line one of them up and then Donatello just bashes him overhead uh, uh, with his uh, bow staff stick? Remember that? Other way, other way around. It was in the sewers. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. Michelangelo, Michelangelo was punching the foot ninja and like she's above him with the st- with Donatello's oh, okay. staff and she just like beat Yeah, it just reminds it. me of that. Just the way Donatello's standing there with the, yeah. the bow staff. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they, they finally figure out, oh, okay, we can get these guys. They'll make their way to... No, oh, I like uh, the one guy that was still under the stairwell. He gets karate kicked by one of them. And then they're like, okay, now we can go. Uh, and it's really, really dark. Uh, and they finally enter the doorway, and they're hoping, even though one of them says, oh, this doesn't feel right, I got a bad feeling about this, they yeah. they walk into the store, it's completely dark, and then one of them clicks the lights, and one of them goes, ah, nuts. And <laughs> great, great shot here, and this is one I could stare at this for... An, an amazing... I, I, dude, I would, I would love to have that as a poster. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, uh yeah, it, it's incredible how much detail is here. Like, I could look at this for hours, and I wonder how long this has taken somebody to draw. I, I'm assuming this is Eastman and Laird, probably the whole bunch. But it is. There's so much stuff in the background in this this antique shop. I'm sure there's probably some Easter eggs back here, too. But So anyways, we get the Foot Clan. They've all got their weapons drawn, and we have the only Shredder propped up against uh, one of the counters just standing back. You know, so this is showdown right here. We get that yeah. famous shot of Shredder, you know, where yep. he's got all lights gleaming off of his armor. He's got these white, angry-looking eyes. Um, yeah, just, uh, I, that, I've got that page tattooed on my arm, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously, Josh thinks pretty highly of this this sketch here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one, yeah, that's that's... That's the one right there. That's good. <laughs> so, you know, that's a big shocking moment right there because uh, they had teased it a little bit, previous issue, but uh, now we finally know for us that's him. And right at that moment when Shredder's poised to attack, who shows up? Oh, God, this is this is my favorite here. It's just <laughs> just a big, dumb meathead. Just here we go. Just Casey Jones showed up. Yeah. And he's got this – he's got – you kind of don't know it's him. You kind of – I mean, if you know anything about the Turtles, you know it's him. But he's got this big green hood on. He's got like a raincoat on. Yeah. And uh, Casey Jones says that he followed them in there. But like he says, he's pointing at Shredder. He says, you don't look like you belong with these guys, blah, blah, blah. And Shredder says, you know, kill this guy. And Casey Jones says, hey, pal, I used to be a bouncer at a bar. And I used to take on 10 guys a night were twice yeah, as big as you torches. all at once. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's got my favorite line right here. He says that like, he he can't take all the credit for all the fighting he's done. He says he had a little help. He says fair one here. He says I'd like you to meet the boys, and he's got a baseball bat in each hand. He's off the off the raincoat, and he jumps up into the air, and he yells the signature phrase. He yells "Gungala, Gungala!" It's great full page spread of Casey Jones just r- jumping into battle. And I think the best part of this is like to know who he is. Wayne Gretzky. On steroids? <laughs> On steroids. Uh, Raphael is the one that says, Casey, all right. And Donatello's like, who? You know, right. Who do you, Who is this guy? Yeah. And keep in mind that Casey was kind of a villain his first appearance. You know, at the end of the issue, they're all right. But, you know, it's, it's amazing that we're seeing this progression from him. I mean, I'm sure when people first read this, it kind of surprised them because they, they probably thought, well, Casey's going to be a one-shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm sure it even surprised uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. They're like, you know, just we got this one character we kind of like. What do we do with him? Well, let's put yeah. him here. You know, because it's you haven't seen him since that micro series, which was after issue what two, issue three. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's been it in publication time. It's been probably around a year since you've yeah. seen. You know, right. maybe Thaddeus, you would probably know this. Were the uh, original Mirage, but they published monthly or bi-monthly? Uh, I think it, I think it was uh, bi-monthly, as far as I do some research on it. Yeah, so that would be two years at the time that since you've seen Casey Jones. So it's kind of a shock. That, and the Raphael book came out in '85. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a while. So uh, you know, it's great to kind of have this awesome reveal here and boy he looks great uh, i love i love how they kind of tease it a little bit with his hood and you can only see part of the mask but you know at that point who it is yeah let me ask you guys a dumb question uh this <laughs> or maybe you're just like me what does gungula mean or is it just a shout a random shout oh, uh i i actually can answer that uh they actually mentioned that in a 2003 episode um where uh so, I, I think there there's actually an episode where i Molly met Casey Jones. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, Casey Jones because um, what what happened in the 2003 series was that Hun used like used to just torment Casey Jones when he was young. He used to uh, like beat up his dad and try to like steal money from him. So what what happened was uh, Casey meets Michelangelo. Michelangelo actually trains him how to fight, and uh, and he goes, "Hey, we need to give you a cool battle cry," and he goes. <laughs> that's a battle cry. That's actually how. Yeah, so that's actually how they count for Google. According oh, okay. to according to the TMNT uh, fangi, Google, and not that I mean I know that he's telling the truth. I've seen that episode of the 2000s. But oh, according yeah. to Google, Google is a catchphrase used by Casey Jones. It has no meaning other than it's fun to yell. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, so I love it. Like, like uh, Buyakasha. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just a battle cry. Bunga, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. See, that's what I always kind of thought, but I was like, man, I'm going to feel really stupid if that actually like has some kind of symbolic reference or something. <laughs> it's actually a so, Shakespeare play. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah, Othello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see it. That's one of the characters, yeah. 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 All right, so uh, let's see. Let me get my comic back up here. Okay, so, yeah, great shot where he's got both bats – uh, he's he's hopping over the whole gang, and he gets he's got some serious ups here. I gotta say, he's going uh, down on the Foot Clan, like he's like knocking out like five members. Yeah, he's open a can, and of course, this reminds you of the film, you know, where they're all battling in there, and Casey yeah. Jones shows up. Elias Coteus, still my favorite Casey Jones yep. of all time, still the best. Loved him. Uh, he, I mean, he just looked like this guy pretty yeah. much. So. Great battle scenes. He's he's making short work of these Foot Clan members. And meanwhile, April and Splinter and the injured Leonardo, they're like, okay, we got to get to the rear exit quickly. Uh, so while they're doing that, we get some more fight scenes. You know, just words can't do it justice. I love what Michelangelo does. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, the fire exit, it's actually sealed from the outside. So uh, Splinter goes, then our only hope is to fight our way out the front door. And then April goes, wait a minute. Uh, oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Before they, f- they figure out another alternative route out of there, we get a really cool showdown uh, between Casey and uh, Shredder. Does anyone want to talk about this? Oh, oh yeah. I, I definitely yeah. want to talk about this real quick because this is actually something that didn't happen in the 2003 series. Uh, yeah, so in this panel you can see 
uh, Casey Jones going up against Shredder, and he uh, he's ready to strike. Shredder blocks one of his bats with his gauntlet. And while this is going on, uh, there are two police officers saying, hey, there's something going on at this sex shop. We need backup now. Actually, um, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird actually make a cameo appearance in the 2003 episode uh, as the officers. I didn't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so yeah, they're, they, uh, they actually drew the officers after Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. And then the bottom panel, uh, Casey Jones just gets a really good shot at Shredder just in the gut and just like just knocks him down. I really, love yeah, how, great I really shot. love how in every incarnation of the Ninja Turtles, Shredder can never be bested by anybody except this one time Casey Jones literally beat him. Oh, that's... I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know what? Like, it kind of makes sense where, like, Casey Jones is just this big bruiser that you just can't beat. I mean, like, unless you shoot him, you're not going to outfight him because he's just – you kind of look at Casey Jones. He's just too strong to get hurt. And just – it's kind of like when, like, old martial artists are talking about centering their chi. But if you get a good wrestler to just take him down, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't really matter what you know. There are just – Casey Jones is just one of those guys – that you can't fight, you're just gonna lose. You know. No, like uh, see, see, uh, see, I, I kind of have, uh, like, I, 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 know what you're saying, and I, I think it definitely legitimizes Casey, but I think it takes a little bit away from Shredder, you know, uh, just a little bit, because right after that, you know, butt kicking, Casey's laughing, which of course you got your humor there, yeah. But I think that takes a little bit away from, you know, how menacing this return for Shredder could have been. You know, just a little bit. That's the I, only gripe I have. I agree with that, yeah. But I kind of think, see, not to take away from future episodes of Turtle Flakes where you go over the returns and kind of an unnatural thing. You know, they gotcha. they go into the fact that it is a very mystical thing. They, they explain just enough to let you know that Shredder is not backed by any natural law of science or anything. Yeah, he's so, not quite himself. Yeah, so... He, this Shredder, like, isn't quite as good as Shredder from the first few. That's just my interpretation of it. I mean, I, I've never heard otherwise. I've never heard that what I said. That's not a theory that I read. I just kind of came up with it. Yeah. So, like, maybe the Shredder from that first issue would have just, like, taken Casey out. Right, right. And this and this isn't the first... This is the only time he gets hit, too. You got a uh, really cool um, scene where Shredder's like, Kill them! You know, yeah. He's just frustrated now. And you got Donatello, my man Donatello. He, he's he's owning pretty good here. He yeah. he kicks one foot soldier out of the way, and he, he bashes the other one with his bow staff. He turns around, and what a cool scene! So Shredder's got his back turned. Donatello flips his bow staff around and cracks it right across the back of Shredder's um, uh, helmet. He breaks his bow staff over his head. Yeah, yeah, I love that scene. What a, what a cool shot! But then at that same time, like Shredder, Donatello through True. a bookcase. True, like full True. of books. Like he just like tears them right through it too. So like he's still, but it's just maybe he's not a hundred percent. You know? Yeah, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of probably my favorite scene in the entire film of the first movie, where they're on mm-hmm. the roof and the only one of the turtles that actually gets a hit on the big man Shredder, Leonardo. Leonardo. Yeah. So in this case, the only turtle that really gets a hit on him is Donatello, but then he pays for it right afterwards. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Shredder's like, uh, your luck is ended here, fool. He kicks some of that bookcase, like you said, Josh. And now you shall all be the first to die. Or now you shall be the first to die. 
and and then uh, oh wait 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 who says wrong? I think that's Raphael because Raphael. That's who I think it is because it makes sense because Raphael picks up a foot soldier and throws <laughs> him in the shredder. It seems like a raft thing. And I kind of yeah. think Raphael's the only one that would do that. Like, I'm going to hit you with another person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beat you with another person. Really uh-huh. think about that. You know? that's, that's, that's good. That's good stuff. Up. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, April, she's like, wait a minute, I forgot. There's this tiny um, exit way to an old abandoned grocery store that was attached to that was once attached to this uh, shop. Uh, yeah, walking cooler was what it was, yeah. That's right, yeah. So that she finds it. And that's going to be their escape. And the Foot Clan don't know that exit. So, okay, uh, Splinter goes, My sons, we found an escape route this way. And this again, this again reminds me of in the film where the place is starting to catch fire. But anyone see how it started catching fire? Like, I don't it, remember. I don't think I don't think they show how it catches on fire. That is, do you see anything? Um, let's see. So you don't have that one Foot Clan guy going, <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> No, I know that in the movie, um, one of the Foot Clan members, yeah, he takes an axe out and he hits this, like, power generator and it causes, like, a spark, but yeah, on this one, uh, it doesn't really say. Now, I know that in the 2003 series, Shredder actually detonates a a, a grenade, and uh, and then he he takes his gauntlet and and he swipes it across this pipe, uh, making the flames bigger, and uh, on, on, on... well, on, on my page, because I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the Ultimate Collection Volume 2 on uh, page 222. It says, uh, the phoenix has risen, my destiny is true, and there's a great shot of the Shredder. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my uh, my 2003 Shredder impression real quick, because he actually says something different in the 2003 series. Uh, he says, like the phoenix, I have risen from the ashes, and into my fire you shall fall. Ooh, good line. Yeah. Man, that, that 2003 show, he's scary, man. I, I can't watch that show. That Shredder has one of the <laughs> best voices. Scotty Ray, who does the Shredder, the 2003 Shredder. Like, dude, every time I listen to his voice, I, 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 I still get chills. Mm. Yeah, that, that's something we've not talked about much. Yeah, he's a good Shredder. Yeah, you know. Josh! Oh, you <laughs> like him. You like him. Shredder, you kind of look at Shredder, you know he's going to sound a certain way. I, I, I just like that dude is going to take himself way too seriously. <laughs> so, but be, be, be funny I, I like if, that, uh, actually like the 2012 uh, Shredder is probably my favorite uh, voice. Oh yeah, he's got yeah. a real deep bassy voice. Yeah. yeah, I really like like that's what Shredder's supposed to sound like. I I, I think probably in any movie. You yeah. know, I really like oh, that. Yeah. It sounded like, it sounded like he was almost auto tuned. You know, he had like a module. You know, the turtles make their grand exit, and it's really funny because like Raphael or Raphael goes bleh and. <laughs> uh, Casey Jones like Chow. And so the uh, second time around, Antique Store and April's apartment above it, it all sets on fire inexplicably, but uh, the cops arrive just as the turtles uh, make their exit and they go through the refrigerator into an, uh, an old grocery store next door and they come up through the alley and you see a nice shot of the uh, of April's van, old Volkswagen bus. Yeah. Uh, which, if I have a dream car, believe it or not, I've always wanted a VW bus. I've always wanted one. One day, I hope to get one. So they make it up to the rooftop of an apartment building a couple of blocks away, and all they see is April's apartment building just 
burned to the ground and you get yeah, the great the, shot yeah you get the impression that they're up there for a while because you see the flames just get bigger and bigger and bigger as the panels go on and april finally just has a moment to rest and she just cries because like her life is just forever changed yeah and it's this great single panel shot of april sitting crying with leonardo um kind of hugging her to kind of try to comfort her splinter and the three turtles and Casey Jones. Like this is, this is your ground team. Now this is who's going to take over the book for the next, however many issues it's going to be about this family here, you know? And I really love how this really, if you really, I, I don't know if this was intentional, but I really love how the layout of these six characters, seven characters, if you really think about it, it forms a heart. Like really look at that panel. Oh wow! Uh, so like those those people have now bonded with each other, and it it that is such an inspirational panel to me. I mean, I don't know if that was the intention, but it just looks like a heart, man. I, I really love. Yeah, it does. I would not doubt that Peter La- Peter Laird's smart enough to think about something like that. I wouldn't yeah. doubt that he, that's him right there. Be like, yeah. if you do, Kevin, you got to draw him in this pose here this this pose yeah, yeah. that's good man that's good yeah uh, rob wanted to mention was that um in in the 2003 series this is actually how someone ended but you you never find out if if they made it out of the apartment or not because uh it actually pans a scene where the whole building explodes and it literally knocks the police officers who are fixing to go in and investigate it knocks them back like 30 feet and wow. It just it ends on to be continued, and dude, for me, like growing up because I I, I didn't I, you know I didn't read the Mirage comics until about 2013, you know for me that was the long because season one <laughs> yeah. ended wake in May, and season two didn't start until like the middle of September, and for wow. the longest time <laughs> I did not know what happened to the turtles, and then it wasn't until. I, I went back and rewatched the first movie that I was like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about that, how there was a secret escape. But for people that, you know, were first 2003 series, you know, they didn't know. They didn't know if the Turtles were going to make it out or anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that was a scene where I cried in the movie when yeah. I was like five years old. Oh my god, they're dying! Oh, I know, my mom had to reassure me that Turtles were fine, and then sure enough, in, in the movie, I <laughs> walked back in, uh, and they're fine, although poor Raph's all cut up. And, and, of course, in the comic book, it's Leonardo. But I could just imagine your mom being like, they're not dead. The movie's called dead. Ninja Turtles. They're not going <laughs> to die. <It's... laughs> yeah. For, you know, for people that are still debating on whether the Mirage comics, like, this would definitely be, like, a good, like, introduction point because everything that, in my personal opinion, that made those first ten issues so special you know, just the fight scene alone between the turtles, you know, the fact that Leonardo is not only physically, but mentally eaten, you know, on the verge of dying. And he's, you know, he still just doesn't want to give up. And the fact that the turtles have to, uh, you know, get him out to safety, the, you know, we get to see that, that great shot of Casey Jones, you know, swooping in to help him out, man, easily, easily a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. And, you know, this, this issue is is pretty common. It's not really that rare. Um, I actually have the in the uh, the TMNT Ultimate Collection Volume Two the the uh, the reprint. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, man, great issue, great artwork, and um, just overall, just great fight scenes, and I just, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would give this a. I would, you know what? I would give this one a ten. This is this is a really good issue. There's not a single weak link in this. I do. I would. I would say that this is the issue to get. You know, I mean, it is kind of. I don't want to say misleading because after issue eleven, because it picks up a couple days or a couple of weeks after this issue, after yeah. issue eleven the Turtles comic really became an anthology series. Like, they just kind of yeah. did little stories here and there, and then this is the next part of the plot, and then little stories here and there, and then, you know, like Soul's Winter or uh, Shell of the Dragon and th- th- stories like that. Um, but I really love, you know, page of this comic. I really love it. They're going towards Northampton, you know, to yeah. Casey's grandmother's farmhouse. Um, and... Casey is driving April and Splinter and the Turtles are in this U-Haul van. Um, so it's it's really a good issue. I really love it's I really love just how they were able to illustrate the action. It's really, really tough to get motion in uh, to draw motion. It's really tough to do that. And I think that they really did a good job here and it it's some of the best action in the original Mirage series. So yeah, and yeah, so. I definitely agree. And there's there uh real, real quickly, I kind of wanted to go over some uh some did you know trivia. This is actually found in the back of the uh, TMNT Ultimate Clips. Uh, uh, first of all, this is regarding the fight scenes. Elite is Kevin Eastman talking about this. He says, uh, I love the amount of Kirby splash pages and heavy use of Frank Miller style fighting panels here. I think I had all of my Daredevil copies and issues of Ronan around for these parts. And I have to say, here's one of my favorite all-time TMNT lines. Mr. Foot, meet Mr. Fist. <laughs> and then there's, uh, there's another, you know, it, it says, um, it says, when Casey said that he used to be a bouncer at Torchy's, I'm pretty sure that was the name of the bar in, in the movie uh, Streets of Fire, which I always thought was pretty good. Check out William Defoe in one of his first film roles, and then the last. I actually like that movie. And then the last, um, the last one. This is about the catchphrase "Gungala." When coming up with Casey Jones's catchphrase "Gungala Gungala," I believe this was taken out of a, uh, a Tarzan movie. To me, this seems like something that Tarzan would say while, uh, as he's uh, climbing around the jungle. And only somebody like a uh, TV watching freak like Casey Jones, uh, this would definitely be something that he would say. Wow, man, stuff! I did not know that. Well, guess so. Uh, so, what y'all think of this comic? I, for me, I'll just go ahead and give you my, my opinion of it. This is easily up there with the last one. Um, this is one of the best comics I've read so far. I sound very repetitive when I say that, um, but you know, these go hand in hand. These two stories, this one and the Leonardo micro series. Um, I think this is the best stuff to date with the Turtles at this time. And ah, man, I just love this issue. I can't wait to get a. I can't wait to uh, version of this issue in print, but man, what a good story! And it's so many different fight scenes that look so. The only knock, and it's just a personal reference, is I wish that the shredder would have appeared a little bit stronger and menacing. Although, pretty much he did get what he did, except for killing the turtles. <laughs> they destroyed the destroyed the place, and they were definitely a threat. Uh, oh crap! So I didn't I think about that. Never mind. I give it an eight. 
<laughs> What'd you give it before? I give it a nine, or I give it a ten. Hold on, hold on, just a second, dog out. Sorry, oh, she's wanted. Oh, you good? Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the best uh, issues I've read so far, man. Some, some good stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, uh, me, me and Josh both, we both gave this like a perfect ten. Like, oh, and, I would uh, too. Yeah, I was mentioning while while you were on break, um, listeners, if 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 you're still debating on whether or not you want to read this, this is definitely a good like introduction because just the fight scenes alone and just the relationships between Leonardo and the turtles, and they have that strong family bond that they, you know, they want to protect their brother. They don't want anything to happen to them easily. Easily in like my top five like Mirage comics of all time. Wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Good stuff, man. That's two episodes in a row where we've read some great stuff. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, I won't bore you again. Uh, just please, just Google search us if you ever want to try to reach out to us. You know, send us an email. Again, with the iTunes reviews, thank you guys so much for for the the reviews that we've received so far. I'm still doing that giveaway from um, now to the end of August. I'll just randomly draw a name. Whoever writes this uh, review on iTunes is eligible to uh, receive uh, my Metalhead figure. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw issue 11 in there. I've got an extra copy of that, of volume 1. So this the next issue of this comic series we're covering. And I'm going to also throw a whole bunch of other Ninja Turtle goodies in there. Uh, just, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. And thank you guys so much for the iTunes reviews. It does always help the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rob, Brook, before we close out, um, I know that I've been talking about this for a while. And I, I said that I, I got I got you guys something special. Now, earlier in the show, Rob, do you remember how you said that you, you, you mentioned the uh, WWE uh Michelangelo, Randy Savage. Yeah, I love me, Randy Savage. Hold on, hold on, just a second. This is for you, my friend. I'm going to be saying Oh, thank you, man. How nice is that? Michelangelo, and then for uh, for Josh, I got you the uh, Raphael Sting. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> we can't, we can't, and then we can't get about Jay Weezy. Uh, Jay Weezy, if you're listening, but this is for you because I know I know that I'm upset. You kind of said that I was the uh, the pallbearer of uh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so I like you, uh, the Donatello, as the Undertaker, and I'll be possible. I uh, just haven't had the time yet to uh, go to the post office and mail them. But uh, once I get back from Comic Con, I will definitely be sending uh, those your way. And uh, I would actually like uh, if we can get Jay Weezy. Uh, maybe we can all do like a. Uh, a review of like all the figures because I actually have the uh, the Leonardo John Cena and I haven't done a review for him yet. But uh, maybe we can all do like a roundtable like review of like the uh, the WWE figures. Oh, sweet! Can I come in, Max, in my review? Oh yeah, yes, you are Slim Jim. <laughs> that is, you are the cream of the crop. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, brother. You better listen to Turtle Fist podcast because it's a delicious <laughs> bowl of Ninja Turtle goodness. <laughs> you turtle maniacs. No, oh, I love it, man. Thank you so much, man. Oh, no, dude, that no. was really, really nice. No. No, you cannot. No. You can't do any of that. No, no. Oh, come on! No. Oh, that yeah. Thing, no, he likes that's it. I've met you, too. No. 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 <laughs> you, you, you must know me, man, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Macho Man fan, and... Uh, uh, of course, Michelangelo is probably my second favorite turtle, and I, you know, I actually think that's a good fit, Michelangelo being Mike. You can call him Macho Mike. Uh... But, uh, but guys, hey, thank you all for listening. Um, so, <laughs> we apologize if we uh, got a little off topic with the sappiness, but you know what? A little spontaneity is always a bad thing. Uh, so uh, thank you all for listening. And guys, the question we all know, what type of pizza are we going to have today? 
Oh, dude, I have the perfect thing. So I actually, I'm actually looking through the Ninja Turtles Pizza Cookbook, and these sound really good. These are called Master Splinter uh, Spinach Calzones, and Ooh, they're uh, made uh, ricotta cheese and marinara sauce. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna add a little something to it because Josh and I were talking about it uh, right before we recorded. I said we put some meatloaf in there too. Yeah, I guess. Oh, dude. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, what, what was it called? The Master Splinter's Calzone. Master Splinter's uh, Spinach and Cheese Calzones. All right. Okay, dudes and dudes. Master Splinter's Spinach and Cheese and Loaf Calzones. Hellbunker, dudes. Hellbunker. I don't think I can complain. I got detention on the first day of school once, so. Josh! How'd you do that? <laughs> I just didn't go to, I didn't, after lunch, I just didn't go back to class. Josh, what'd yeah. you do? <laughs> What are we really gonna learn on the first day? I lived, I lived across the street from the high school. I was just, just gonna go home. Neither of my parents are home. Just gonna go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and not like all the parents like tune out now. They're just like, man, Josh is a bad influence. I'll, I'll <laughs> my kids listen. <laughs> yeah, skipping school. Man, that was that was like one of three bad things. I was not like a bad kid. Like yeah. as I was doing it, I, I knew I was just I was gonna get screwed over. I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> you just did it but anyway. But like Let me just click it real quick and I'll pause it. Uh, and just let me know when you get your pull out there, Josh. And first time, ball, long time. I'm, I'm trying to play. It plays. Now, mine plays, but it's muted. I'm gonna have to actually put it in Audacity and then we can hear it. That's weird. God, I hate iTunes. I don't know why this crap is working. <laughs> God, I don't know what happened to my iTunes player, but it's just, it's just being a. You have a way with words, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> I mean, like, I cannot get it to, like, it'll pop up. I can get it to open, but then I can't do anything with it. Like, I'll click on music, or I'll try to go to store, and, or I'll try to minimize it, and it just won't register anything. Uh, such as? So you might have to just sure. recap for me. Sure, sure. Well, we'll go, I'll go ahead and play it, because the first one is Anthony Hernandez, and I can't remember what he actually said. Alright, guys. Wow, that was supposed to be a short show, but, uh, but. Why do I do this? You know what? I ought to be like, okay, guys, we need to record a four hour show. <laughs> no, you know what? On, on the last episode, two hours, 30 minutes, we actually got some positive feedback from one of our listeners. He actually he actually enjoys it if they're a little bit really? longer. He doesn't mind at all. He's like, he's like, he's put it on the whole way to, like, driving up to, like, this. Hey, like, that's, like, that's awesome. I love him, stuff like that. You know? Yeah, I know, I know uh, our our good friend Gabe. Uh, that, that he actually uh, he actually listens to uh, Turtle Flex whenever he uh, he goes to the gym. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Whenever he's like on the treadmill, he just puts in some head. He's like, "Hey, Cowbunga do some nuts." Robin, Robin Josh. I love yeah, it. He just listens. To it. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all for talking turtles again. And I guess the next time uh, we don't have to do much prep. Um, why don't we just. Uh, pick out some of our favorite things we want to talk about. Now, just another nostalgic episode. Oh, I was just about to ask, God, what are we doing next time? I forgot already. We talked about it two hours ago. <laughs>